0: And if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, open them to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, our text tonight is verses 53 through 56. And we're going to end this kind of series through chapter 6 on the realities of ministry that Mark has masterfully given us in many different scenes and episodes that take place. And tonight we're going to look at the reality of ministry bringing people to Jesus. So, with Bibles open, follow along with me, Mark chapter 6, picking up in verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. This ends the reading the Word of God. Well, we pick up here right where we really leave off as Mark has woven these accounts together. This seems like a very long day or a very long couple days for the disciples and for Jesus. On the previous day, that while the night has turned today, they had been out in the night, on the boat, they were rowing against the wind, they were struggling, and just to remind you of the previous section, Jesus walks out on the water to them, and they encounter Him, and it's not a good encounter for them, yet we see the patience of Christ even with the hard-hearted and even with the slow to learn. And so, they have witnessed Christ today. day even previous to that account. They were there for the breaking of bread that turned into feeding 5,000 men, maybe ten to 12,000 people in total. And so they've, they've come across this series of the disciples of miraculous events that have taken place. Twice Jesus extends Himself beyond the laws of physics in the creation of matter, and then going above the laws of gravity and relative density. And now we see here in this final passage of chapter 6, kind of a summary-like statement, kind of bringing this all together. And so the night has turned to day. The storm has ceased at the sea. The disciples have once again witnessed the power of Jesus walking on water, calming the storm, and comforting His people. And we would notice here in verse 53 that Mark tells us that they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. Now this area where they are, it is on the western side, the northwestern side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is still doing his Galilean ministry, and this land or this plain that they're at is bracketed by Capernaum, which is the place where Jesus spent most all of his time uh, in the Galilean ministry, Capernaum to the north. And a small or relatively small village called Magdala to the south. And in between this area is this land, there's this area where they land at. It is a fertile plain. Josephus would go on to describe all kinds of growth and um, vegetation that grew in this area. And so many of Jesus' maybe even word pictures and parables would have come from people recognizing some of the things that were growing in this plain there. It's often thought of, and I don't know if your imagination goes like mine, but Jesus lands at a shore, and it's kind of like we're going back in time 2,000 years, and there's no population. It's this desolate area, and all of a sudden, people just kind of pop out of nowhere. That's not the case here. When, where Jesus is landing here... They're not traveling as nomads in the wilderness, but rather this word here where it says "moored to the shore literally means that that Jesus and his disciples pulled into the harbor. So they actually land in a relatively populated area, Uh, no doubt probably in the south of that city of Magdala. So they're not at a desolate beach, but an established place. We know this by the words that they came to the shore, they moored to the shore, literally they entered into a harbor, and the fact that right here, that Mark makes it very clear to us, there are people immediately there where Jesus lands. So it's kind of this bustling fishing village on the shores, the western shores of the Sea of Galilee. And this is important to understand because the event that takes place beginning in verse 54 Let's us know that they enter a populated area. Follow along. Look at, me. Look at this again in verse 54. When they, got the, when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. This is interesting to see. It's not like today where we have social media, we have pictures of everybody, and it's so much easier to recognize people. But this is important to see that Jesus is recognizable. He has no doubt done a lot of things. His fame has spread all throughout this northern Galilee region. But people make no mistake in discerning his appearance. I find this interesting because the prophecy of the suffering servant in Isaiah 53, 2 tells us that he had no former majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. But nonetheless, people were drawn to him. People saw him. They recognized him for who he was. Word has spread about Jesus, and they go to him. Important to note here in verses 53 and 54 that Jesus is recognizable. He is not a mysterious figure to the people in the area, nor is he some leader of a secret sect. No, we can notice here about Jesus by implication of this passage that he put himself in the path of people. He made himself available for people. And people knew what he looked like. In other words, Jesus was a public theologian. Jesus' ministry is public. He's a public figure. And what's the result that we see here of Jesus being recognizable? Well, we would see this in verse 55. And, And people ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick. People on their beds wherever they heard that he was. The people of the region began bringing others to Jesus. This is very important for us to recognize. Again, I want to give you four observations about the people of the area. Really from verse 55. And the first we must notice here is that these people are assertive. They are assertive. Mark tells us that they ran about the whole region. So they spot Jesus, He lands in their village, they recognize Him, they know who He is, they know His reputation, they know what He's done, and they begin running about. They are assertive. They're not passive when it comes to bringing people to Jesus. No, in fact, you can see that there's a sense of urgency with these people. It doesn't say that they walked about or they passively just said, oh, Jesus is here. No, they took the offense They ran about the whole region. First, we see that they were assertive. Second, they were intentional. These people were intentional. What did they do? They didn't just run about the whole region saying, Jesus is here, Jesus is here. No, they were intentional. It says that they began to bring sick people. Important to note, they knew who needed to be brought to Jesus. They weren't bringing the well, they were bringing the needy, they were bringing the sick. They were bringing the ones that were in need of healing to Jesus. So, they're assertive. They're intentional. Third observation, they put in effort. They didn't just bring the sick people to Jesus. They brought the sick people, notice again in verse 55, on their beds. This is a sight to behold, is it not? Think about this. They weren't just telling people where Jesus was. They weren't just bringing the the halfway sick people. They were willing to take people on their beds to Jesus. They were going to put in work to bring people to Jesus, to put in this effort. To the helpless who could not come to Jesus, they carried them on their beds. Think about it. Oh, you can't walk? No problem. I'll give you a ride to Jesus. I will carry you to Jesus. Oh, you're blind? No problem. I will guide you to Jesus. Or oh, you're too tired and you're too weak? I will carry your bed and bring you to Jesus. So these people in this region, they're assertive. They're intentional. They're putting in effort. Fourth observation, they were committed to this work. Notice again what he says there as he finishes up verse 55. They bring the sick on their beds. They were committed because they were going to bring the sick on their beds to wherever they heard that he was. Oh, Jesus isn't in this town anymore. He might be up north. Well, we're going to bring them there. We're committed to this. We're committed to bringing the sick, bringing the lame, bringing those that are in need of healing, bringing those that are in need of a touch from Jesus. We'll bring them wherever he is. We will go to Him over the hills of Galilee on those warm spring days. They're carrying these people. They're carrying the weak, the infirmed. They're carrying friends and loved ones on cots and on mats. They did not have the Rhode Islander mentality. Oh, that's too far. Ten minutes in a car. Narragansett, wow, forget about that. No, they were willing to be even put out. So we must notice about these people here they weren't first we must see that they're not ashamed of Jesus. They weren't fearful to tell others about Jesus. And they were willing to be put out to bring others to Jesus. They believed, they saw what they believed, and they acted upon that belief. Concerning these people, what does this reveal to us about Jesus? It shows us that Jesus is approachable. First, he's recognizable, but Jesus is approachable. You don't see the hesitation on the part of the people. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to bother him with healing and doing good to people. No, there's, see, there's no hesitation on the part of the people to bring others to Jesus. In fact, if you were to survey and look through all of the Gospels, you would see that Jesus has always had a ministry of approachability. Always approachable. The only ones that didn't want to approach Jesus in the Scriptures are the self-righteous. He invites sinners. He is a friend of sinners. He is the defender of the guilty. He is the discharger of the debtors. He is the seeker of the lost, the healer of the broken, and the savior of his people. Jesus is the most approachable person that has ever crossed the horizon of this earth. And so moving on from there, in verse 56, Mark basically wants to summarize all that is going on here. And so you should see verse 56 as more or less a summary statement here. The pattern continues of what's going on in 54 and 55, and Mark tells us wherever he went, Whether it be in villages, whether it be in cities, countryside. It didn't matter the location. It didn't matter the the circumstances. It didn't matter the events taking place. Wherever Jesus went, he was recognized. He was approachable. And they laid the sick in the marketplaces. Why? Because in the marketplace is the area of the most traffic. And so they would put them there just to put people in the pathway of Jesus. What we need to understand here. These aren't private matters that are taking place. These healings aren't being done in a corner. It's on public display for the people to see. To the point where, as we even read here, that they might even touch the fringe of his garment. No doubt the woman who had the discharge of blood back in chapter 4, her story has spread. Remember, she, she, when faith and fear collide, and she's going through the battle to whether or not she's going to go to Jesus. And, her, and, and in faith, she reaches out, and she grabs the hem of his garment, and immediately she's made well. It's not because there's magic in Jesus' clothes. No, but the garment is, is, is a picture that it is, it is by faith, and she reaches out in faith, and she is healed because Jesus is a healer. And so this story is no doubt spread. Who knows? She might have been from this region. She certainly was there in Capernaum. And so people are wanting to even touch the hem of his garment. Again, it's to point to the ability of Christ. Not any type of relics or anything of that nature. And as many as touched it, his garment, by extension, him. As many as came into contact with Christ were made well. What do we see about Jesus even here? He's recognizable, he's approachable, and he's capable. He's capable. This word translated here at the very last, the ending of verse 56, as many as touched it, this word, were made well, one word in the Greek language. It could be also rendered, we're saved. We're saved. For Mark, this physical healing is to represent also a spiritual healing on the part of the people. What we learn here from this is that Jesus takes what is unclean and makes it clean. That's what he's always been doing. He's been taking unclean sinners such as ourselves, and he sanctifies, and he makes us clean. What is unwell is made well. What is spiritually dead is brought to life. This is the work of Jesus. And so this is Mark's summary statement here, wrapping up his treatment on what true Christ-like ministry Looks like it's as though here in this passage that Mark is saying, basically, a lot of people came to Jesus and a lot of people were made well. That's the ministry of Christ. Time and space do not permit me to write it all, but I hope you get the point. Time to move on. That's Mark's attitude throughout his gospel. Again, hence the word "immediately" is found every other passage. It very much parallels what John does and. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. John says this, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Same thing Mark's doing here in this passage. So as we think about Jesus being recognizable, approachable, and capable, This short little passage, what lessons can we take away? What lessons can we learn even from here? What is Mark seeking to do and convey first and foremost to his audience? And by virtue of that, us. What are we to make of these four verses? I want you to recognize that Mark's doing two things here in this passage. The first, he is contrasting the people with the disciples of the previous passage. Notice what happened with the disciples in the previous passage. They don't recognize Jesus. They think he's a ghost. He's certainly not approachable. And they are utterly astounded by what Jesus is doing. They don't recognize that he is capable. And so what we see here is a contrast from the disciples to these people. The disciples are the ones that are supposed to know. But it's the people. It's the people that are not in the inner circle that are recognizing these things concerning Jesus. Therefore, what we must conclude here is that it is the people who are the example that Mark wants his recipients to follow and to recognize. The second thing that he is doing here is he is reminding his Roman audience of the nature of Jesus. Understanding here in this passage, the example of the people coupled with the nature of Jesus shows us the point of this passage. And it's simply this. People need Jesus. Sometimes there's not some deep, theological, profound truth hiding under every passage of Scripture. Sometimes we just need that simple truth to remind us and to set our course straight. People need Jesus. Hence the title of even tonight's message, Bringing People to Jesus. When we come across illness, sickness, infirmities in the Scriptures, it's often a picture of something deeper going on, though. For Mark, it certainly is to show us that it's not just physical problems. They're used to be a picture of sin, of the spiritual condition and the consequences from the fall. Prior to Adam and Eve's sin, there was no cancer there was no lame. There was no one blind. Those things, those things are all consequences of the fall. So when we think about infirmities in the Scripture and the healings of Jesus and what he does, it is Jesus really reversing the curse. The kingdom has come, and it has come in Jesus. Remember, Mark 1:14 and 15, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus has brought forth the kingdom of God. He has revealed the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is growing even now until it is finally consummated in the second coming. And so what we see here, even here, is a picture of Jesus, in a sense, reversing the curse of sin. And what we see from these people is they are bringing sinners to the Savior. This is the connection that Mark wants us to see and to make even now. So by way of application, we as New Covenant believers, after the cross, receiving the Great Commission and being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, have been called to this glorious task. You have been called to serve the King by bringing others to the King. This is not the apostles' task. No, they're actually not the ones doing it in this passage. It's not the the gifted evangelist's task. No, not simply them. We see here in this passage, it's the common people. It's the everyday people that are bringing others to Jesus. They're the ones doing this task, duty, and privilege. And so, let's ask the question, how? How are we to bring others to Jesus? First, by our manner. By our manner. And our manner is to simply follow the example of the people in this passage. So let me encourage you. Let me exhort you from this word. Be assertive. Be assertive. As the people ran about the whole region with this sense of urgency, as though if they didn't do this right now, they were going to miss the opportunity, we should have that same assertiveness, that same sense of urgency. Brothers and sisters, eternity is a long time. It's a very long time. Your brain, my brain, our capacity cannot grasp that. But there are two final destinations when it comes to eternity. There, is a time, there will be a place where believers are united with Christ for all eternity and a place of unimaginable bliss in the heavenly kingdom. And there will be a reality of sinners in torment forever in the fires of hell where the wrath of God abides on them forever forever. There needs to be a sense of urgency when it comes to bringing people to Jesus. There is no middle ground. There are sinners. There are people in our lives that are mere steps away from this horrendous fate. Reminded of Ezekiel 33, where it reads, If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Brothers and sisters, we must have a sense of urgency when it comes to bringing people to Jesus. Second way we can do this in our manner, be intentional. Be intentional. We must give up the thought that we will get to Jesus one day in our relationships with people, with our coworkers, with our unsaved relatives. Brothers and sisters, one day is not promised. But what you do have is today. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not promised. We have today. And understand, you can be intentional and not obnoxious. That's a very important distinction to make here. We shouldn't reserve our faith talk or our speaking about Jesus just in our Christian circles. We should make much of Christ in all of our talk, in all of our speech. Be intentional. Third manner. Put in effort. Put in effort. Be thinking of ways in which you can put yourself in situations that cause you to be in the path of people who need to be brought to Jesus. If we only are in a bubble that doesn't allow us to have these opportunities to put in this effort, we need to be thinking of ways in which we can step outside that bubble even for a brief period of time. Be willing to take the time with whatever person you can and help them to come to Jesus. Bring them to Christ. Some can be told of Him. Others need to be brought right up to the water. We can never make anyone drink, though. It all depends upon the person. Put an effort forth. Be committed. Be committed. Remember Jesus' final words in the Gospel of Matthew. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us be committed to this task. Of bringing people to Jesus. Spurgeon said, If sinners will be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. This is our manner of bringing people. To Jesus. And what's our message? Our message is very, very simple. It's Jesus is recognizable. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. This is our battle cry. This is our message. Seek the Lord while he may be found. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. How is Jesus recognizable in his people? In his people. Colossians 1.27 Paul writes, To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. For some of you and the people that you know in your life, you are the only picture of Jesus that they have ever seen. Jesus is recognizable in his people. So, an implication of that is guard your life, guard your testimony. Protect your testimony. Be mindful of your countenance. Be mindful of the things you do. Be mindful of the things you don't do. Jesus is also recognizable in His Word. I love in Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, one of my favorite passages in all of the Scripture, Jesus tells them, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, that Jesus interpreted to them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. You want to bring people to Jesus? Bring the Word to them. He is the Word of God the Father. We show people Jesus in our lives. We bring people to Jesus in His Word. Our second part of our message, Jesus is not just recognizable. Jesus is approachable. Think about it again. Throughout all of His ministry, Matthew eleven twenty eight: 28, Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is always inviting people to Himself. Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. John 6, 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Oh, this is such a beautiful picture of our Savior. Friends may fail you, People that you love might turn on you. You might face rejection in this life from the people you trust the most. One glorious truth concerning Jesus, He will never cast out His own. You will never fail enough times for Jesus to disown you. You can always run to Jesus. He is approachable. John 7.37 If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And for us as believers, Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to this throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I would be remiss if I did not mention this verse concerning Jesus being approachable. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever shall believe, whoever shall come, can come, should come, that they might experience life. And our message when we are bringing people to Jesus is that He alone is capable. Jesus makes the sick well. Jesus fixes the broken. When he enters into the synagogue, right before they reject him at Nazareth, again, we remind you of the account, he grabs the scroll of Isaiah, he opens it up, and he finds the passage. And he reads, as Luke records it, these words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is capable of discharging all of our debts. Jesus is capable of healing all of our diseases. Most importantly, Jesus is fully capable and has taken all of our sins. And borne them on the cross that we might be counted as not guilty before a holy God. This is our message. This is our only hope in life and in death. It's not in government. It's not in moral reform. It's nothing like that. Our message to the world is this. You must come to Christ to be reconciled with a holy God. Jesus, the perfect man, perfectly God, perfectly man, all in one, comes, lives a life without sin. To die in our place, to stand, to hang upon that cross, despising the shame, to pay for the debt that we owe so that we would receive mercy, so that we can know the grace of God in our lives, that we could be made right with God and thus live for why we were created, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so this is our message. This is our battle cry. This is our hope. This is our calling in this life, bringing people to Jesus. So we must understand we aren't bringing people to a church. We aren't bringing people to a moral ethic. We aren't bringing people to a system of doctrine. We aren't bringing people to to this cleverly devised structure. At the very heart, we are bringing people to a person. Jesus Christ. Alive forevermore. And He is still in the business of saving sinners. For that, we are grateful. And so as a result, we need to be constantly spending time with Jesus. How is that done with His people and in His Word? Lest we grow hard and dull like the disciples did in the previous passage. So let me encourage you to be about this work. Just as the people show us here, we want to introduce people to Jesus that they might be healed. They might be forgiven. They might have a spot in heaven. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for this Word. We thank You for this reminder here that Jesus is in the business of healing and saving and seeking the lost. Father, I pray that You would give us a passion for bringing lost people, sinners, in need of a Savior to Jesus. Father, I pray that You would give us opportunities in this week going forward that as people cross our paths, we might be able to speak of Christ to them. Oh Lord, make us mindful, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.